Weekly Driver podcast gets support from americantrucks.com. Visit www.americantrucks.com. Welcome back to the Weekly Driver podcast. My name is James Rea. I'm an automotive columnist for Bay Area News Group, and I am the publisher of theweeklydriver.com. My co-host is Bruce Aldrich, and today our guest is John Craman. He is the Director of Company Relations and the lead TV commentator for Meekum Auctions. And we, um, we've met before, we love Meekum, and it's coming around the bend in our area uh, on, the, on the Central Coast, on the Monterey Peninsula. Uh, John, welcome back to the show, and we're, we're really looking forward to Monterey again. And, and how have you been, and what's going to go on in Monterey? We'll start with that. Well, going to be another big event at Monterey. You know, it gives us a chance uh, to sort of stretch our legs and get uh, dip our toes in an area that we're not really accustomed to. Monterey uh, Historic Week is action-packed and filled with so many events going on. We're just very proud and gratified to be a part of it. And we're bringing to the table uh, about 600 great high-end collector cars spanning a lot of genres and a lot of generations, very heavy on European exotics, both vintage and contemporary, but still with also a smattering of uh, traditional makeup inventory, such as muscle cars, street rods, customs, and 50s cars. Uh, it's going to be great. Of course, we'll have great coverage uh, with the full announced team, including a special, a one-hour special preview uh, before the auction that we've never done before on NBCSN. So it's going to be a big deal for us. Uh, it sounds great. I know that it was my first experience, and I think it was Bruce's first experience last year. And what struck me then, and it's it stayed with me, is just and this is it's become old hat, but for you guys, you know what you're doing. But just the efficiency of the how you guys bring in 600 cars, and right up into the last second, there's guys with polishing rags and guys pushing it right up there on the auction, and it's just so snappy. Um, you know, car goes through every every few minutes. How, how do you guys manage to do all that? Um, this is the ninth auction of the year. Well, that's a really, a really good question because with uh, 14 collector car auctions handling about 15,000 cars a year, the Monterey auction, a big unique where the 600 cars sounds like an impressive lineup, it's actually one of our smaller auctions as far as volume, so it's not as difficult for us to manage as our bigger ones, but the per car dollar average is the highest of all of our auctions. In fact, last year, we sold about 350, 360 cars and did just a few ticks under $40 million on just really a relatively small number of cars. And of course, uh, that puts us around number four out of 14 auctions last year as far as total gross dollars on one of the smallest car counts. That's what Monterey's all about, very expensive cars. Well, another thing that I noticed what, what your auction is, it's for everybody, right? It's not like one percenters to go buy a $2 million Ferrari. Um, there's inexpensive cars there, motorcycles. Um, there's something to see for everybody. I see families there. It, it's a great just car show. Well, it's a lot of people will say that it's the best car show they've ever attended. Here's our strategy for placement to make sure that we don't alienate our traditional Meekum base, but yet still accommodating that high-end genre uh, it's a three-day auction. Thursday, we kick it off with cars, let's say, $40,000, $50,000 and below. Plenty of, about 200 cars. Plenty of those cars will be in the five dollars to $10,000 range. Right. That will represent more of a traditional sort of a Mecham 
mix as far as inventory and a lot of affordable cars. But everything changes on Friday and Saturday. We go to a strictly boutique auction on both of those days, 150 cars each day, all featured in a full color catalog with awesome photos, descriptions of the cars. That uh, catalog, by the way, can be viewed. It's not out yet. Within the next couple weeks, it'll go up online at thinkup.com. Available for anybody to click through. Very easy to navigate and go page by page. Just click your way through. And that's when we're going to see the high dollar cars. And that's where it becomes to be a challenge for us because uh, we have a large customer base that established now for 31 years in business. But Monterey is really, really different. And for those of your listeners that have never had a chance to attend uh, the entire week, during car week uh, at Monterey, it is it, it must it must be seen to be believed. Not just our auction, but all the other events and things happening on the peninsula. It's a world event, one of the most significant, largest, prestigious automotive automotive events in the world. And and uh, you know we're we're a small part of it. We're glad to be there. Yeah, it's an interesting event for sure. Yours, I, I'm saying, but like you say, the whole the whole Monterey week. What I liked about your the auction and all is that the, all these what you call boutique cars, these expensive hyper cars, there's no ropes around them. I mean, you can get up there and see these vehicles and they're sitting out on the lawn or some of them are on, some of them I guess you have on some pedestals, but most of them are just out on the lawn and you can walk around freely uh, around these vehicles. And that's, to me, that's really interesting. That's nice. Well, that's a really good point because... Um, a lot of people are very surprised to see just how accessible everything is because it really looks like a high-end Tom Cruise auto show. But the difference is, is this is for commerce. These are these cars are for sale. They have to be accessible for people to be able to take a look at a close at these cars. And you don't have to be a buyer or a seller uh, to join us at a Meekum auction. Uh, spectators are absolutely welcome. It's only thirty dollars for a ticket. Gives you all access. Um, that's if you wait uh, and buy your tickets at the day of the show. A little tip for your listeners that want to go, uh, sign up in advance at meekum.com, buy your tickets for $20, you can save 10 bucks. It's 12 and under, always free. And we encourage uh, spectators just as much as we do buyers and sellers. Has a lot of energy, has a chance to meet a lot of new people, and some of those spectators convert to bidders right on the spot if they see something that they like. Yeah, I thought thirty was a good deal. Twenty is even better. Huh? Even a better deal. <laughs> um, I, I we looked uh, this morning, and I looked a little bit last night, John. Um, it, what strikes me this year is that um, there's a 2012 Bugatti Veyron. There's a 2015 Ferrari, Ferrari La Ferrari. Um, where, where, if you can, if you can say you've got cars that have just a couple of hundred miles on them, or cars with less than a hundred miles on them. Are, are, are you guys pulling these cars off a tree, so to speak? Where does a where does a Bugatti Veyron come to you that has a hundred miles on it? Can you give us an example of of uh, how that would come to your auction? Well, that is both a plus and a tragedy, where you've got so many great high end collector cars that represent the ultimate, uh, and you had mentioned them, uh, the Bugattis and the Ferraris. Um, and, and many other types, well, four GTs, the list just goes on and on, that essentially will never be driven. They were bought new, they were coddled, they essentially have been driven very little, if at all. Uh, they're transported to the auction. A lot of times they're pushed onto the transports. 
to keep the miles to an absolute minimum, and they're intended to be investment uh, items for people. Uh, they're going to buy them only for five or ten or fifteen years. See what happens. Maybe they'll go up. Maybe they'll go down. Um, and people are going to roll the dice and take the chance. But these these exotics, with essentially no miles, uh, will probably always be that way, just strictly as rolling art. And unfortunately, the owners more than likely are not going to take them out, drive them, and enjoy them as they were intended. Wow. And I, I remember last year speaking to you uh, a couple of times, and last year one of the trends away from the exotics and more of the, you know, the attainable cars, there was a trend for the last few years toward vintage pickup trucks. And, I, and I'm wondering if that stayed the same or have you guys experienced a new trend with some other kind of a, a, a muscle car or a mini car or in some other area that, that you've seen a trend lately that, that uh, collectors are interested in? Yeah, the vintage truck market continues to heat up. We've not seen the peak of that market yet. Uh, and it spans really all years and, and all makes of models. Probably leading the charge on appreciation are the C10 Chevy from 67 to 72, whether they're nice original, whether they're restored, or whether they're resto modded. That seems to be right now the hottest truck segment across the board. But what has astounded us more than anything else is what's been happening with these uh, DW uh, buses. Uh, primarily the 21 and the 23 window bus from the 1950s to the 1960s. In fact, we've got uh, at least one restored 63-23 window DW bus uh, with a auction that published auction estimate of 175 to $195,000. Now, this is not a new trend. We've seen strong price on these the last three, four years, but no sign of easing on what has just come out of anywhere is probably the biggest single surprise in the collector car world. Yeah, the vans are iconic cars from the, the 60s, that's for sure. Another car I was yeah. I was looking at in your featured was a 58 Porsche 550A Spider, which is, a, I guess, an iconic car from back in the day, you know, and James Dean's wreck and all that stuff. What is something like that? What, what do you think that'll sell for? Well, that's kind of our pride and joy of the entire auction. Uh, one of 39 built. Uh, it's a documented race winner uh, back in the late 1950s. It's been completely restored. It's got the fortune certificate of authenticity, fully vetted out as correct, and, and that's that's our star. And I'm going to put a estimated uh, price tag on that one at about five million dollars. Oh, oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> that should come with James Dean alive and still in it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Well, I had no idea, but I did see that it had an extensive racing history, which has got to be like the holy grail there. Well, yeah, and, you know, those cars, obviously, they were built for racing, uh, whether on a professional level or, or amateur level. Um, nobody knows how many of those cars have survived. They do represent to a Porsche collector as being really a pinnacle car, uh, one of the ultimate cars. And with just a handful of those cars built and, of course, even fewer remaining, the fact that it has survived the test of time and it's been brought back to its original uh, as-built condition is going to make that car very appealing, not only for vintage Porsche enthusiasts, but for the collectors out there that are looking for very significant uh, race cars as well. And boy, Monterey's the place to have it, for sure. One of the other little side uh, things that I noticed last year that, that, you got, that you told us about and we experienced is that um, some of the cars that go through and they, and they don't um, sell, 
and that there's a, a, a secondary, I don't want to say secondary market, that sounds the wrong way, but I guess it is a secondary market where the, the owner and an individual can then communicate a, away from the auction. So could you reiterate how that process works uh, for, for our listeners? Yeah, real, sure. Real important part of uh, sort of the dynamic of Meekum Auctions, a unique feature. Uh, the entries that are auctioned, uh, most of them, there's a handful that aren't, but most of them sell with the reserve or protected price. If the vehicle doesn't sell at what the seller uh, wants for the car, uh, it's going to get a second chance, and we call that as our trademark name, the bid goes on. And that is a process where we'll have four full-time guys working the bid goes on desk, and the unsold cars have to start to a window indicating that they're still available for sale and offers and deals can continue to be made on them. And at Meekum Auction sells about 10% of our total inventory of cars are actually sold via the bid goes on. So that's a very effective um, uh, avenue for getting cars sold. We'll sell 50 to 60% of cars on the auction block. Uh, one car about every two minutes. We schedule about 30 to 35 cars an hour, roughly. And, but for those unsold cars, they do get a second chance. And uh, the Meekum.com uh, uh, website, a week or so after they close the auction, will have all the results uh, available for very easy sorting and viewing, including the cars that sold you that it goes on. I see. Uh, John, uh, another question I had. I'm curious, does, does the auction company solicit vehicles, or does 100% of your business, the sellers are coming to you? 100% coming to us. Uh, we sort of make it a uh, company policy that we don't do any cold calling, um, uh, pestering people. We are we are so large now, largest in the world by far, uh, that what we've got is, is we spend all of our time in the consignment department handling inquiries, uh, uh, email, telephone calls, faxes, walk-in at our corporate headquarters of Walworth, Wisconsin. Uh, we're a lot of referral customers. And uh, so we're, we have a, a, about 15 full-time consignment agents that their full-time job is to handle uh, these inquiries. And it takes, it takes quite a bit of time, as you might imagine, working with a potential consigner, whether it's a single car or a collection or a group of cars that they have, uh, a lot of photographs coming in via the email, uh, and a lot of discussions around uh, the offices, getting all of our opinions on what we think the value of the cars are worth so that we can be upfront and as objective and honest with the sellers on realistically what these things, what we think that their product is going to actually bring, and it's uh, it's 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 not a it's not a perfect uh, procedure. We call it inventory management. We don't turn down any cars, but it's a matter of getting a car entered and putting it into the right spot. In other words, we don't want a five thousand dollar car to go on Saturday afternoon with million dollar plus cars. Sure. It's gonna it's gonna stick out and, and it, it, it's not gonna bring as much as it's worth because the buyers aren't gonna be there. Right. So it's just it's a matter of going through, sorting it all out, shuffling the deck and you know, doing that auction after auction, basically an auction every month and sometimes an auction uh, twice a month. About three hundred people it takes to come in and actually run a Meekum auction. Most of those people are not full time Meekum employees. Uh, it's a, it, it is a huge machine with a lot of moving parts. Oh, there's people running all over the place. It's like a three-ring circus, except, except there's only one ring. <laughs> it's fantastic to watch. Yeah, right. Um, right. I also wanted to discuss, uh, we also wanted to discuss, um, we touched on it a little bit earlier, that uh, motorcycles, tractors, boats, and, and uh, vintage uh, art. So you have some niche areas, too. I remember 
uh, viewing some of the areas last week, there was a, whole, a little section of, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, not kit cars, but but uh, vent, vintage replicas of, of famous cars. You had a, an area of that, and we saw some boats. So what, what kind of market do you have uh, for those areas? The Weekly Driver Podcast gets support from AmericanMuscle.com, your late model Mustang and F-150 authority, bringing you the hottest products and top-notch customer service for over a decade. No one makes it easier to modify your ride. Visit AmericanMuscle.com today. Well, you probably wouldn't be surprised surprised that uh, car collectors also collect other things. Right. Specifically the memorabilia. That's become a very big part of what we do. We call it road art. It's just our sort of fancy name, but it could be anything from neon signs and gas pumps and vintage kids' toys, tin uh, signs, uh, slot machines. I mean, the list literally goes on and on. And it really adds an interesting element to our auctions, not only from a sales standpoint, but also from a spectator standpoint as well. Lots to look at. Yes. John, you have a, a busy job down there. Could you uh, talk about yourself a little bit in terms about um, you're a very animated guy. You, you obviously you're a broadcaster. You have a great voice. What kind of what kind of difficulty do you have in your job? What do you, what do you face when you're when you're in the mix, so to speak? Well, I'm a pretty lucky guy because as sort of again, you know, the car guy uh, representing all the other car guys out there, guys like myself. Um, I was told by the producer when we started doing the TV show, I was a full-time Beacon employee, never thought about doing a TV show, never had any background experience. I started with Beacon in 06, we won a TV in 08, and uh, I'm the guy that would watch the other television, uh, automotive-themed television shows, whether they be auctions, this would have been back in the 1990s, early 2000s, and point out all the stuff that they were saying wrong, never dreaming in a million years that yours truly would be you know, sitting in that hot seat but it was the producer, it was Terry Lingner in the early days of the Beacom auction. March 08 was the first one. And he said, John is a commentary analyst. All you have to do is sit back and talk cars. And guys, the light went off above me and it's like, I get it. I don't have to be a host. I don't have to get us in and out of commercial break. I don't have to do panel sponsor obligations. I don't do interviews. I just sit back and talk cars. It's like I'm sitting at home talking with cars with my buddies, just like I've been doing my entire life. So. It's actually been an awesome opportunity for me to be able to genuinely and sincerely feel like I'm maybe the voice of the average hardcore car enthusiast out there, sharing stories and tidbits and uh, some of my recollections and always trying to keep it 100% accurate and 100% relevant and get that sort of that entertainment value in there as well. We have a great announce team, but Scott Hope is the host. Bill Stevens, Stephen Cox, Gordon Porter, Katie Osborne, and social media. We all really get along. Other than Katie, two been with us for two years. The rest of us have been together for 11 years. No end in sight. We're getting our contract reboot with NBCSN. I'm just a car guy living the dream. <laughs> wow. Hey, John, if, if you got to pick five uh, cars from this uh, auction coming up, what, what which ones would you snag, do you think? Well, if the boss said you could have them. I was the, yeah, you're talking about the cars that, I, that, that I've got my eye on or cars that I, that I think are going to bring the most money. No, just personal use. If you, if you wanted, yeah, your own eye. Yeah. Well, the first two that come to my mind, I'm going to step outside of the uh, uh, Monterey tradition. We've got a 68 LED 8 Corvette, one of 80 built. 
uh, that's a that's a that's a muscle car dream car. We have a seventy uh, Boss four twenty nine Mustang and Eclipse of Coral, arguably the coolest color that was available in nineteen seventy. I would check those off the list. I'd say that I always wanted a Ford GT. Who doesn't? Great cars, yeah. For most six with twenty one miles on it. I'd oh. I'd drive it. And then I probably end up who, who hasn't lusted over a Ferrari? So we've got a vintage Ferrari, a '73 uh, GTD4 Daytona Spider. Now it's a conversion, very popular and very acceptable in the Ferrari community. It was a coupe that was converted professionally by the guy who's the holy grail of converters many, many years ago to a Spider. And then I get a late model Ferrari. How about that uh, 2012 Ferrari F12? Maybe the ultimate V12 front engine high performance Ferrari. That car would be about 212 miles per hour bone stock. You're making me salivate. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Now I know yeah. that, I know that you do have a few cars, uh, John. So what kind of cars do you do you actually own? I've forgotten now. Yeah. Well, with a six-car garage at my house, it is full. I uh, got a couple of daily drivers that are just you know daily drivers to slog through the Wisconsin winters. But uh, I have a 1964 Pontiac GTO that I bought in July of 1976 when I was 19. I still own that car today. My wife has a gorgeous 29,000 mile Ontario Warren 72 Corvette Coupe. I have a 2010 Corvette that I drive in the summertime in the nice days and a 2014 Mustang GT with a five liter Coyote with a six speed. And uh, so a nice little mix of, of some contemporary performance cars and uh, some vintage cars with my wife's Corvette and my, and my GTO. I'd love to have more, but out of space, we can, most of us can relate to that dilemma. Sure. How often do you get that old goat out there, the GTO? Yeah, once in a while. I do get it out occasionally. Uh, it's a trip in time, you know. A lot of people ask all the time, you know, what is it about old cars? And and I spent a lifetime thinking about that. And I just have to say, guys, other than the aesthetics of looking at the cars and, you know, going back in time, it's sitting behind the wheel. That's how I feel when I'm behind the wheel of a high-performance car or a vintage car that, that has historical significance to me. It transports me to a different place. It makes me feel great. And I think a lot of other guys feel the same way. Oh, man, that's why they have auctions, right? <laughs> and yes, and exactly. I, I, I do also remember that, uh, John, that you're a pilot and you're a mechanic. So you have you come from a, that perspective as well. So do you work on your vintage cars or do you not have time? Or, or do you have you another expert that, that uh, you rely on? Yeah, I actually used to be an auto mechanic. Yes. Uh, uh, worked at a speed shop uh, back in the back in the nineteen seventies, and you know, pretty good with a wrench, and did a lot of that. Uh, lately, with my work schedule, uh, I've I've got a guy that I entrust uh, many of my more routine chores. So I still do the heavy stuff if and when it needs that. But you know, I came out of a career of twenty years selling airplanes, uh, primarily miniature planes, ex-military aircraft called Warbirds. Uh, and I'm a pilot, and I'm also a licensed uh, FA mechanic on the aviation side of things as well. But, you know, cars are my first love, and they're my primary love. And as much as I really enjoy flying a lot of great airplanes, historical airplanes, uh, and having a great career in that, the, the cars has always been a priority in my life. I eat, live, and breathe cars. People say, well, you do a lot of studying, you do a lot of research on the cars before you go on air. You know, we average six to seven hours a day, and a typical auction is three days. And no, you can't do any study. You can't do any research. Either you know it 
or you don't. And I try not to step into an area that I don't have a, that I don't have a particular expertise that I stick to the facts, I stick to data that I believe and I know that it's true and accurate and try not to repeat myself, you know, you, sometimes you've got, you know, the same type, same gear make model car coming one right after another. I try to save some tidbits, uh, mix it up a little bit. So like I said, I'm repeating myself and it's a, it's, you get into the zone. It's a, it's a, it's a rhythm and I've become not really too much aware of anything else that's going on other than the cars, the action and the interaction with the host of the show. And it must work because of the feedback that we get of people that really enjoy what we're doing is, is very gratifying. Yeah. I, I watch the show. I, I, I like it. It's fun to watch. It's, it's better to be there in person. We had a blast and, um, um, that what you just said in your enthusiasm, it's, it just c comes right through. I've never met anybody so enthusiastic. It's rubbing off on me. I'm going to go. I'm going to go to the auction tomorrow. If, if, <laughs> I know. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. But uh, anyway, uh, John, that's a great place to to wrap it up. We um, we want to thank again John Craman as our guest. He's the director of company relations and the TV analyst for Meekum Auction. It's it's I can't recommend going to the to the the best shark car show you've ever been to that's an auction you just you get to talk to the people it's just it's the it's what cars represent um it's fantastic so thank you again john and we want to recommend that people really seriously consider going to the meekum auction in monterey august 23rd through 25th and it's all over M msnbc we we just can't wait for the occasion so thank you again john Thank you. Hey, appreciate your interest, guys. Hopefully we'll see you there. Thank you. All right. Take care. Thank you again. Bye. Bye-bye. The Weekly Driver Podcast receives support from americantrucks.com, your late model Silverado, Sierra, Ram, and F-150 online aftermarket retailer, bringing you all of the hottest parts from accessories to lift kits, from wheels to tires and winches. americantrucks.com has the knowledge and know-how to make your wildest dreams come to reality.